we'll look at that a little bit later. But I want to say thank you for last week, first of all, uh, because it was a different service, wasn't it? Uh, we went up to join with those in 4th Street in the Remembrance Service, and I think it was such an important time for us as a church. And in one sense, our theme today follows on from, um, from that which we were reminded of last week. So two weeks ago, we looked at what it meant to be redeemed from fear. Redeemed from fear, the things that we're afraid of, the things that scare us. What does it mean for God to use those situations and to shape us and to mould us? And today we're going to be looking at what does it mean to be redeemed from pain. From pain, from suffering, from the things in our lives that we struggle with. What does it mean for God to use those, to shape them, to shape us through them? I want to share a story now, and, and you might think this is a bit of a a funny story, in one, well it's not funny, but a bit of a weird story, but I want to share something that's been a real pain in the Parkman household over the last 24 hours, and, and me and Michelle genuinely have been really quite distraught, I think is probably the word, um, and it sounds really silly, but Joe, when he was young, on the first day he was born, was given a teddy bear called Dumbo, and Dumbo has been by Joe's side all the eight years of his life. And over the last two weeks, we've realised that Dumbo has gone missing. And um, we've turned the house upside down, we have tidied to an inch within our lives, and Dumbo has not been found. And yesterday, we had the most distraught little boy that we could think of. Crying, tearful, and to be honest, we were crying and tearful, because we know how much this little teddy that is ripped to shreds in many ways, um, meant to Joe, or hopefully still means to Joe, hopefully he will turn up somewhere. But it just reminded me as I was thinking and reflecting on this sermon, you know, it doesn't matter what pain we're going through, what hurt, what trials, what difficulties, it's pain, isn't it? It hurts us. It hurts our family. It hurts the one we love. And that is so difficult to deal with sometimes. You know, the translation actually... It's not so much pain and suffering, it's the pressures in life that we fear, we fear. The opposition, the things that go against us. And in one sense, we have made this passage to mean about us personally. But when Paul is writing it, he is saying as Christians, you will face opposition. You will face difficulty. You will face pain and suffering because of what you believe. And so we've got to think of that passage in this light. And it's not just about our own aches and pains. As I get older, I find myself engaged in more conversations about what hurts, um, what aches I've got getting up in the morning, what pains. It seems to be something as you get older, it's a favourite subject, apart from some of the older people who kind of say, what do you want about Tim? Um, I talk about it anyway, it's my pains. But actually it's less about that and more about what are the oppositions, what's the pain, what's the pain as a community we feel and that we face. And it's interesting, this passage starts with a very important word, therefore. And I always remember an old rhyme that I probably got wrong in, I think it was theological college, but wherever there is a therefore, you have to ask why it's therefore. Wherever there's a therefore, you have to ask what it's there for. And it is therefore because, in the previous chapter, if you read it, Paul tells us that Christ has died and Christ is risen. He tells us the most fantastic news. And it's almost as if saying, actually, the story doesn't stop there. 
Therefore, it means that when you face pain, when you face suffering, when you face persecution, difficulty, God is there. God has conquered. God is bigger than your pain. God is bigger than the opposition you face. God is bigger than anything. And that's why sometimes it's so easy to take this passage out of context, thinking, oh, well, yes, Lord, I've suffered a lot. Come on. I've suffered enough now. I've got enough character. I've persevered enough. In one sense, this is not what the passage is saying. It's saying that as a community, we will suffer. We will have opposition. But stick fast. Hold on to the promise that God is bigger than anything of that. I want to make something very clear because I think this is something so important. My theology, my understanding of God, at no point can I see a God who gives us pain and suffering. That is not God. That is not a God of love. But in that pain that we have, in that suffering, God is there. God does not bring it. God does not cause it. But God is there in the things that we find hard, in the, in the troubles that we have. God is there. But when we do find pain and suffering, the beauty is that God can use it. God didn't make it, but God can use it to mould something beautiful and wonderful out of it. Let's think of the example of the cross. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, let's not think of the cross as a, as a punishment for the higher class criminals in the world. This was the death penalty for the lowest of the low. It was the most brutal thing they could do to hang him on a cross. And yet, out of the, the dirt and the horrible, horribleness of the cross, Christ God has made a beauty a diamond, out of the coal, the dirt. God has made something that is beautiful and is a diamond. God can use these situations to help us, to teach us. And we don't suffer in order to gain hope. It's not like we're going, actually, I need more hope in my life, I should suffer a bit more. No, the writer makes it clear that we already have hope. We already have a hope that is beyond all hope, a life beyond all life, a love beyond all love. Even in the suffering, even in the pain, God is there. God is love. Do you know, we, we don't need to see that far to see pain and suffering in our lives, in our world, do we? We don't need to even turn on our doors, uh, on our TV screens. We just need to walk out the door. But the joy is that God uses that to redeem it. And what do I mean by redeem? He says, actually, I don't want you to live in this pain and suffering. I want to bring you to a place where actually because of that pain and suffering, you are stronger. And your love, my love for you, is known more in your life. That is what we mean by redeeming. That God takes the rubbish, the horribleness of this world, and says, but I want to show my love through it. God redeems our pain, uses it for our glory. 
uses it for his glory, sorry. You know, can you imagine the, the, the Israelites when the pain of the Philistines and this big giant saying, who's going to beat me? The pain. The pain of everybody as they watch David pick up five stones and go, oh my word, what does he think he's doing? The pain of that situation is redeemed for God's glory. I saw a horrible stat the other day. 103,000 young children in the UK are homeless. 103,000 children in the UK are homeless. And please do not for one minute think that's out there. It's on our doorstep. And I know that because I know a story that someone told me this week of uh, someone who went home and because of the trouble they caused, the parents said to a 15-year-old, we don't want you living here anymore. Actually, when they went home, the locks were being changed by a locksmith at the time. We don't want you living here anymore. Social services are rung by the school. Social services go, not our responsibility. He's 15. The parents need to step up. And the parents go, we don't want to know. Friends, this is not happening in London. It's happening here. And my question is, how can we as a church help God? It sounds silly to say help God, but you know what I mean. How can God use these situations to redeem it? To show God's love, to show God's power, and to show God's glory. This is not just simple love, it's amazing love. It's not just simple news, it's amazing news that we have to share to the whole world. That God is love. That God is bigger than our pain and suffering and actually God wants to work in our lives so that those pain and suffering do not hold us, do not want to push us down all the time. But we can say to them, but actually God's love is greater than anything I can feel. And the writer tells us to proclaim it. Michelle read a slightly different version to what we have on the screen, but did you see the word boast there? boast. Corinthians, isn't it, says do not boast in anything but boast in Jesus Christ. What does boast mean? It means to proclaim, to shout aloud. And this is, is what this passage is saying. Look at the joy, look at the wonder of the message that we have. Boast about it. Proclaim it. Shout it aloud that God is love. And in that situation with the child that God is bigger than the, the, the people who have let you down. In the person who's ill, God is bigger than your illness. To the person who is, is going through a rough time, God is love. Now, it doesn't mean that it's all going to get sorted out as we want it to, because God is bigger than that. But we need to proclaim aloud the power in the name of Jesus Christ. as not just something that happens on a whim, but something that is powerful something that is full of love and full of grace. What's your suffering? I'm not gonna, don't worry, I'm not going to go around and ask you what your suffering is. You know. You know the thing in your life that's eating you up, that's painful, maybe something you're going through now or something that you're looking back. And I think we can read this passage wrong, can't we? 
we can almost read, oh, I'm going through a really hard time, but hallelujah, I'm going through a hard time. No, 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 no. Don't rejoice as you suffer. Don't rejoice because you are suffering. But rejoice in that time of suffering because you have believed in one who is greater. In those times, rejoice and proclaim that Jesus can work powerfully. Now, the thing is, we, we have our own way of solving problems, don't we? And we think, wow, this is the way I'd solve it, God. Why aren't you doing it this way? Well, we can ask God one day when we get to heaven. But for the time being, let's not try and be the ones who try and solve it. Let's be the ones that say, but in this time, I will rejoice because God is my Lord and Saviour and God is bigger. God is more powerful than the pain that I'm feeling. So what is it you rejoice in? I don't want to trivialise this in any way, shape or form and you might think, Tim, it's a stuffed animal. For goodness sake, get on with it. But I rejoice in the fact that even though at the moment Dumbo, this precious... um, toy is lost. That actually Joe, I rejoice that he can show his emotions about it. But I also rejoice that he believes in Jesus Christ. And actually he believes in the comforter. And he may not know exactly what that means now. But actually when he turned around, well, we were here at the, I was here at the Tear Fun Quiz last night Michelle texted me saying, he's crying because he's saying that Dumbo was the only one that made him feel safe at night. And when you have a child say that, he cuts you up. And you kind of go, oh, I hope I haven't thrown him out. And you go through everything. But actually, I rejoice because as a family, we can talk to Joe and go, but actually, Joe, God loves you. And actually, yeah, Dumbo may not be here at the moment, but God loves you. And let's rejoice in that, that we have a God who is stronger, more powerful than the soft toy go missing, but also more powerful than things that we go through. Give it to God. Give it to God. Set time aside. I'm not trying to eat more time into your day, but set five minutes aside and just quietly get on your knees or just sit there, stand there where you're driving. Just say, God, I want to give you this. It doesn't mean it's going to get all sorted, but I want to give it to you and I want to rejoice in the fact that I'm able to leave this at your door to say, Father God, this is hurting, this is painful, but I rejoice that you are there with me. Because the Bible tells us that the whole of creation is redeemed. Not just some, not just parts, but all of creation. And what does that mean? I haven't got a Scooby-Doo. I don't know. But what I do know it means is this, that we do not have to journey alone. We do not have to face our pain and suffering by ourselves because we have a God in whom all things are possible. Hallelujah. Amen. Just before we